You are listening to DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. I'm Edward Looney. And today on DNA Discoveries, I'm very excited to have a guest that already has had an interview, but it's another update episode. Now, I do apologize for the delay in putting out new content. That was for two reasons. The first is that within 15 minutes after this interview with Ed, I actually was rear-ended in Chicago and involved in an accident. So that's been quite the experience, kind of dealing with everything in the aftermath, getting your car repaired, all of that. So that took a lot more of my time than expected. And then in the month of June, I was packing up my house and preparing to move. And so now I have settled in. I've moved all my stuff. I've unpacked many of the boxes and had the opportunity to catch up and to edit this interview and now to bring it to you. So thank you so much for your patience. Thanks for remaining a subscriber to the podcast. And I hope you'll enjoy today's update episode with Ed. You are listening to DNA Discoveries. I'm Edward Looney. And today I am live and on location in Chicago, Illinois. And I'm speaking with a former uh, guest of DNA Discoveries. You might remember his podcast episode. Uh, this was episode 10. And it was Ed uh, who shared about discovering his family. And uh, one of the things I always took away from that episode was his great knowledge of the Centa Morgans, the CMs. And uh, so he's here in Chicago to visit family. He's going to give us updates. He's going to tell us why he's here. And I'm very much looking forward to our conversation today. So thanks so much, Ed, for letting me know you are here because I just happened to be in Chicago on the same day. And so we're able to coordinate this and make it all work. How are you today, Edward? I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, uh, I know that we've corresponded. So uh, since our episode back on January 25th of 2022, uh, Ed and I have exchanged text messages and emails. He listens to a lot of the episodes. Actually, he tells me he's listened to every episode. And uh, he always texts me with uh, a comment or two, what he appreciated about the episode, what his takeaway was. So it's always very nice to get those little updates. So we've stayed in touch, corresponded. And I always told him because he said he had family in Chicago. I said, the next time you come to Chicago, let me know. I live about four hours away. It'd be great to meet up and to have a conversation and maybe to do a follow-up episode. So here we are today because you here let me we know. Are. <laughs> well, for, I think, you know, the, the audience has grown since January 25th of 2022 when you were first on, when your episode first came out. It seems that if you post regular content, your audience will grow. So there are some people, maybe they haven't made it all the way back in the archives to find episode 10. And so what's a brief recap? What's the highlights of your story? When we recorded the first episode, I gave you the story from about... 2018 up until that point, which was January of 2022, uh, about my father's discovery that he had a different biological father than the father who raised him. And we went through a lot of the process behind that and the research and the discovery of who his biological father was, and then our connection 
with people in that family. And I'm here today because a second cousin of mine from our newfound biological family uh, had a birthday a couple days ago, and there's a birthday dinner happening for him here tonight, which I was invited to, and I was very honored to be invited to it, and I jumped on the opportunity to fly here and uh, I'll be attending the dinner tonight, and, and he actually doesn't know that I'm going to be here. Only one other person does, his sister, who sent me the invitation. And I'm really excited because I've, I've gotten to know this second cousin whose birthday dinner we're having tonight. His name is Jim, and I've gotten to know one of his sons. And I've also gotten to know his sister quite well in person and as well as online, I think I've probably met up with her more than any person in the newfound family in multiple states, multiple times over five years now. And what's so interesting about this to me is that it was almost five years ago to the day that I conclusively discovered who my father's biological father was. And here we are five years later, and I'm going to a dinner with one of the second cousins, for one of the second cousins, and um, with whom I, I share a common set of great-grandparents. And five years ago, or, a, or, or five years and a few days ago, we didn't even know about each other's existence. And now we're having this family dinner, I'm really excited because one of Jim and Linda, well, Jim and Linda's brother, Bill, is going to be here tonight, and I have not met him in person yet. He lives in Atlanta. We've corresponded a lot over the last five years. We've done numerous video chats. I feel like I know him, and yet we've, we've never met in person, so... I'm very excited to meet him in person, and then Jim's two younger sons, who I have not met in person, nor have I had a whole lot of contact with. So there will be at least three relatives of mine tonight who I'm going to be meeting for the first time in person. So you're saying that the person's sister invited you to come here. Mm -hmm. And no one else knows you're here. You don't think she told anyone? No. As a matter of fact, she she sent me the invitation, and then we, we had a short phone call about it, and she said, wouldn't it be great if you were a surprise for everyone? And I said, okay. Um, well, And I had a, a, a few questions as to how we were going to keep the surprise, because in the interim, we had a Zoom Seder, and... It was a little bit awkward at one point because during the Zoom Seder, one of Jim's sons said to Bill, oh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And I had to just keep a straight face as they were talking about that because I was, I knew then that I was going to be here. And also that, that son, Sam, and I have corresponded about various things in the, in the last couple of weeks. And I've wanted to tell him I'm going to be here. <laughs> But I know well enough with surprise parties that you don't want to let anyone know about it. Um, and this isn't really a surprise party. This is a birthday dinner party with a surprise to it. 
Yeah, that's very unique. And uh, I got to say, I love this Zoom Seder that you do. Uh, I texted you right around uh, Passover. Um, being a, a Catholic Christian, I know when that is because it corresponds to Holy Thursday and such. And uh, so I sent you a message and asked if you did the Zoom Seder and you said yes. And that's really an embracing of heritage that you never knew that you had because in episode 10 that released back in January of 2022, you shared uh, that about the Ashkenazi Jewish side of your family. And that was a big surprise to you. You didn't really know it. So at the time, until you kind of unraveled and, and found it out. So, so now you've actually embraced that heritage that you've discovered. Yeah, that's been one of the most interesting aspects of finding a new family is that parts of that family, many parts of that family, as all families do, after a few generations, different parts of the family just drift apart. And through my research, I've been able to connect multiple branches of that family, including members of my great-grandfather's family and my great-grandmother, his wife, her family as well. And we've formed this Facebook group. And so Nicola, my uh, half-third cousin once removed in the UK, suggested in early 2021, when we got to know each other, that we offer a Zoom Seder to the family. And I thought this was a great idea. I had actually never attended a Seder in my life. I vaguely knew what, what the what they were about and through a few different events I got picked to run the Seder that year and I was both very nervous and excited (laughs) about it and it turned out to be a really wonderful event that brought people from our our families together in in a number of different ways and out of that stemmed quarterly Zoom meetings with people in our family, and we did a Zoom Seder in 2022, and then, as you just referenced, we did one this year as well. And I I think we're probably going to be doing them for the foreseeable future. What's interesting is that I now, as I meet people, will tell them about our Zoom Seders, and I have friends who are Jewish who were raised Jewish, and many of them find it fascinating what we're doing. And <laughs> sure. I've talked with at least three people in my co-working space in Boulder, Colorado, who are Jewish, and I've told them a little bit about this story, and I've told them about our Zoom Seder, and they're all fascinated with it. Hmm. So this has actually been an interesting way for me to connect with those people in a way that I, I wouldn't have connected five or six years ago yeah you mentioned connecting with those people on the zoom seder tonight you're going to be connecting with other family here in chicago at this dinner and others you said others have flown in too is that right or just one others Um, one other person so jim's brother bill flew in from atlanta and i know uh, that his two younger sons, one flew in from D.C. and one so this flew is in a from meetup. San Francisco. Yeah, this is great. This is, yeah, and, and, the, and the two sons who've flown in, I, I've never met them in person. So you're connecting with all of these family members uh, through the Zoom tonight, you will. But 
I'm wondering, you know, so I get invited to lots of things, uh, but I a lot of times say no, but you were invited to this and you said, I'm going to come. I'm going to incur the expense of uh, going and flying. So I'm going to book my airfare. I'm going to book a hotel room in downtown Chicago, which I, I don't know how much you're paying, but I'm willing to bet it's maybe two to three hundred dollars for the for the night's stay. So you are assuming a lot of expense. You could have easily said no, but yet you said yes. So why did you say yes? I said yes because this, to me, is it. It's still a new experience and a new opportunity, and when my cousin Linda invited me to this I thought about it and I said why not and why not now and and I thought of all the reasons that I would like to do this and there were numerous ones and it's all worked out quite nicely I was planning to go to my hometown of Westchester Pennsylvania this month and I moved that trip up a little bit earlier so I'm simply going to continue on from Chicago to Philadelphia tomorrow instead of flying to Philadelphia next week. And I'm very excited to do this. This is actually quite similar to how I met Linda and Jim in person five years ago. I was, I was flying to Philadelphia from Denver and got in touch with Linda and we decided, hey, I'll do a layover in Chicago and we'll meet. We met, we had a great meeting and really hit it off. And she suggested that I meet her brother, Jim, who lives here. And so I changed around a couple flights and on my way back to Denver, I stopped here again and I met Jim in person for the first time. And I got to meet Linda again. And then the next spring, I had another trip to the Philadelphia area planned and I stopped in Chicago again and I got to meet Jim and Linda again and Jim's older son, oldest son, Sam. So uh, I've had a lot of really fun Chicago meetings with this, this branch of my family and I thought this was a, just a wonderful opportunity to, to have an, another experience. Yeah, I love that you said, why not now? Of course, uh, you know, coming from a person that, that of a religious background, that's, that's my primary work that I do, my primary vocation. And so why not now? Because uh, I would tell you that, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. And so someone else could pass away. And, and then you would live your life with complete regret that I didn't meet that person. I didn't go and see them when I could have. And then you're here now. So you'll never have those regrets. And so Absolutely. it's really taking Absolutely. advantage of every moment. And, and part of this research that I've done was discovering that my father had a half-brother. And we discovered this. I discovered this in 2018. And that half-brother had passed away in 1994. Now, my father never had the opportunity to meet him when he was alive. But it, it always has sat with me that that was a very close biological relationship that my father never even knew about and I do know about these people and I know some of them and I want to take these opportunities that I have to connect with them and tonight I get to connect with a whole lot of them all at once 
You know, you never want to have regret. And I know for me and my own story, as I've shared snippets here and there uh, on the podcast, is that one of the biggest regrets of my life was that uh, while my mother who was still alive, that she was adopted. And so we, we had gone on this search or query, you know, looking for her biological mother. We actually opened the biological or we opened the adoption file. Um, it's probably sketchy how that came about. But uh, uh, anyways, we, we did it. We, we got the name even. And that's usually unheard of for a closed adoption. But, yeah. but I had connections and, and we were able to make it happen. And, uh, you know, we went up to the city where my mother was born and where the biological mother was buried and so we went to the cemetery even and my biggest regret was that I was like barking up the trees of the schools and of the library to find yearbook photos of of my mom's biological mother and no one ever replied to my email and I never pursued it any further and so when I discovered my cousin I went up to Superior, Wisconsin, and I went to the library, and it, it was a very moving moment because the librarian who brought me the, the, the yearbooks, she's like, is it okay if I just stay here? Because I want to see if you find out what you're looking for. And sure enough, I turned to the year, and I turned to the senior section, and there's the biological mother. And my mom never had seen a picture. So this this would have been your my grandmother. grandmother. Yeah. yeah. And so... So uh, I love dearly my mother's adopted mother, my, gr- my maternal grandmother. She was very dear to me, very close to me. Uh, but, you know, it was that moment where I saw that photo. And then there was that regret in me that I'm like, I should have pursued this further. You know, when my mom was still alive, she would have seen a picture. She would have related and felt connection uh, to the woman that was her birth mother. And so, so I love that what you mentioned about... Uh, not wanting to live with regret. So you've recapped your story. You've told me why you're here. And uh, I think, too, maybe kind of as we do an update episode, this is the second update episode I've done on the podcast. Uh, You might remember that Annette Broussard, who was guest number one, or Annette Broussard Boyd, I think she goes by Annette Boyd now. So so, uh, don't hold this against me, Annette, if you're listening. But anyways... uh, that she did a recap episode, and I had her father on, and uh, we did a nice little update episode there. That was a that was a great episode, and Annette, if you're listening, I loved your episode, and it got I listened to it first, and it got me hooked on listening to all the other episodes at that time, which were out, and that led me to sending you, Edward, an, an email with my own story. So it was a great episode. That's why we did the update, and uh, because Annette had shared stuff with me since. So there's a lot of times ongoing information being shared, just as Ed and I have stayed in touch uh, since our interview. So um, this is our second update episode. So maybe, you know, 2022, it's already a year and five months almost from when we first had that conversation. Anything new come up since then? That you would want to share? Yeah, well, well, my my dad got to meet both of his half-nieces from, from the half-brother who he never met. And that was a really important thing for, for him. I got to meet one of them in person, and I've talked with the other one. So 
we're putting more pieces to the family together there and in in sort of other branches of the family on my father's mother's side on her paternal side uh, I've discovered that there is a potential Argentinian branch to the family they have the same surname as my grandmother's parents did and the progenitor of the Argentinian branch came from the same small town in Slovakia that my grandmother's Mm. parents came from and I decided to also take some opportunities this summer to connect with relatives so I got an invitation to a wedding in Germany this summer and that's taking place at the beginning of July and so I decided to stop in the UK on my way there and I'm going to be seeing a Bardzik cousin and that's from my non-biological yet still very important family and I'm going to be meeting up with Nicola who is that half third cousin once removed uh, with whom I, I manage the Facebook group and with whom we do the Zoom seders and the Zoom meetings for, for my dad's newfound biological family. And then after I'm in Germany, I'm going to go to Slovakia and meet oh, wow. some descendants, some cousins of mine who are, they're descended from one of my grandmother's siblings who never left Slovakia when the parents emigrated. And I've been in touch with them for about nine years, but we too have never met in person, and I'm very, very excited to, to meet them and connect with them and, and to see the town and the region where my great-grandparents lived. And these are the great-grandparents of the family you discovered, or of your namesake family? Or? Um, they're of my, my father's mother's family so I've that they've always been our biological family and we've always known we are a part of that biological family we we did not know until 2014 anything about the descendants of my grandmother's two siblings who remained in Slovakia after her parents emigrated here and my grandmother was born here so she never she never knew those siblings but but we always knew about their existence is there going to be a language barrier as you meet up with them? Not now. And that's because a second cousin once removed of mine, who's about 21 years old, has in the last decade gone from being a novice at English to someone who's very proficient in English. And she has been our interpreter on family Zooms, and I know she'll be my interpreter um, while I'm with her and her family. So I'm really looking forward to that. I've actually, in years past, helped her correct some papers and given her some tips in English. And, And one of the neat things about the relationship I have with her is she's gotten to the advanced level in English where she can understand humor and memes in quite a bit of depth. And practically on a daily basis, we send each other memes back and forth I also speak Spanish, and she's learning Spanish as well. And so sometimes we send each other English memes, and sometimes we send each other Spanish memes and videos. So that we've had a really nice online relationship that I'm so much looking forward to 
continuing in person this summer? One of the things that I've noticed from our ongoing communication is that you have a great command of all of this research of genealogy and and family research and all of that, and you've really taken to it, that you showed me the tree, you've uh, done lots of work. And I'm wondering, as you've taken this on, have there been any surprises that have come out of it? Maybe not necessarily family related to you, but any other surprises in particular? Yes. It's interesting. When the, the big discovery happened about the fact that my father had a different biological father than the father who raised him, and then I went on to discover who he was and who his family was and begin to meet them and so forth, I, I wasn't sure that I was going to share this a whole lot with people outside the family, and yet I, I started to just do it slowly. And that's eventually what led me to share my story on your podcast, because I started to listen to other people's stories. And most people with whom I shared it were pretty interested in it. Well, fast forward now a couple more years, and practically on a weekly basis, friends and acquaintances are coming to me with stories of their own. Um, whether it be the neighbor of mine who just found out at age 27, four or five years ago, who his biological father was, or a colleague of mine at work who yesterday approached me and said, Ed, I think I'd like your help. I, I found out that my father was married before he was married to my mom. And, and this was a total shock to this person. And I, I probably have 20 more of these stories, and, and they come to me regularly. And it's to the point that I think slowly over time, I've come to think of the genealogical and DNA work that I do as a, a type of vocation that I do. I guess I would call it an unpaid vocation. And I'll find very often after a long day where maybe I've been working a lot and just doing other things and it's 10 or 11 at night that I'll sit down to my computer and start researching a branch of my family. It's just, it's something I think I told you in my, in my first podcast that I feel like this desire to do this research has been planted in me. And I think I thought before I made the big discovery about my father's biological father that once I discovered that it would stop and actually it's it's probably continued even more since that and I've helped numerous other people find the discover the identity of their biological parents or grandparents and definitely I feel like this is a a vocation for me in some form yeah, I think that the reason why 20 or so people have come to you is probably they sense your passion. And because you're passionate, it's made you good at what you're doing. You're good at finding the information. You know where to look. And so they're really turning to you as a resource, and you've been that help. And maybe one day I'll tap you uh, to, to help me if I, I need it, because it seems like uh, you really know what you're doing. And that's, that's what I really appreciate. Uh, about all of this uh, in terms of your contribution to, 
to your family history and discovering it. In past episodes, people have remarked that you need to do all the different tests, all the different autosomal tests, such as Ancestry DNA or 23andMe. This is not a paid promotion for them. But to do these autosomal DNA test kits and to have it in both systems, because it's possible that someone will test in Ancestry, others will test in 23andMe or some other one out there and one of the interesting things we were talking beforehand and uh, you were just asking so some history about me and you know my biological family and whatnot and uh, uh, my father and I were estranged we're not close uh, and my mother and father separated never were together uh, before I was born really so uh, you kind of made the remark you know it's possible that maybe you have siblings out there and you don't even know and well, the reality is, is I haven't heeded the advice others have told me, is that I've only taken one test. I've not taken the other test. So when I go home, I'm intending to take the other variety. And it could be that I have a new DNA discovery as a result. And really, our conversation, I probably never would have considered doing it until this very moment as we were speaking uh, in the last hour before we recorded. Well, I, I want to say this for the audience, that you're absolutely right. Ancestry and 23andMe are completely different databases. Those are the two largest DNA databases. Also, you it, so, so anyone can download their data from those two databases and upload them for free to a number of others, including Family Tree DNA, MyHeritage, GEDmatch and living DNA. You cannot, however, upload DNA to Ancestry or to 23andMe. So for people who are budget conscious, and most people are, I and, and most genetic genealogists would recommend that to be very thorough that you take at least an Ancestry DNA test and a 23andMe DNA test and it really doesn't matter which one of them you choose to use to upload to the other platforms. And, and there certainly are other reasons I could discuss at length why you may want to take tests on some of the other platforms, and that's, that could be a further discussion. But I would encourage anyone who's serious and really wants to do a thorough dive into their family, and especially for people who are looking for potential biological parents or biological half-siblings, uh, I would highly recommend doing Ancestry and 23andMe. And, and, and I'll say that I'm, I'm affiliated with neither of those in any way. So uh, I, I simply like to do thorough and comprehensive work, and, and I've seen what it's done for my own work. And I would not be here in Chicago tonight if I hadn't taken that advice myself. The reason why I always make that distinction is because if you go to DNA Discoveries on Apple Podcasts, there's a review from one year ago, and someone says, great podcast, wish you would use correct terminology. And so, mm. so it was kind of the assumption I was being paid by Ancestor DNA, and that's why I would recommend them. But it was really just because that was just common parlance, I thought. It was kind of like, you know, in the Midwest where I live, we always call, you know, like a tissue, we call it Kleenex. We just call it by the name brand. And so it was kind of like my accidental slip 
But this is a good plug right here because uh, that's the last review I received. And so that's the first one people always notice, which it's a five-star review, but I've since corrected. So I do use autosomal DNA. I try to, I've made that vocabulary switch. And, uh, but if you're listening, if you want to do me a solid, leaving a review would really brighten my day. And also leaving a review always helps. To, to promote the podcast, to share it, because it puts it uh, in, into the algorithms when there's more uh, ratings and reviews and all that. So you would be helping the DNA Discovery Podcast to reach even a greater audience than it already does. So, so I just thought I'd put that little plug in there as well as we uh, bring our conversation to a close. Ancestry simply has by far the largest number of people in its database. And so it's just, it's a numbers game. And without belaboring it to the point that people might think we are plugging any of these particular platforms for any reason, I just wanted to mention that that's a reason where if you're serious, you want to have the statistics and the numbers on your side by getting your DNA out on as many platforms as possible. And you start with the two biggest ones. So tonight, you're going to go to dinner, probably at a nice fancy restaurant downtown, I'm assuming, Mm -hmm. uh, where we are at right now. And uh, you're going to meet up with all of these people, some you've never met. They're all going to be surprised. And I think that's probably going to be worthy of another conversation. I think so. Well, thanks, Edward. It's great meeting you in person. 